We're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'm just going to read one verse and teach on one verse today. We went over verses 1 through 6 on Sabbath, and today we're going to go over verse 7. The Apostle Peter writes, Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives with understanding of their weaker nature, yet showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. So here we are for part two in this short series on marriage. I finished the last lesson about the wives by saying that I was going to be stricter on the husbands. So get ready, brothers. I take Yahweh's word serious, but when I said that, I wanted to see people smile. But in all seriousness, as a Christian in general, I believe my calling is to be stricter on myself than I am on other people. I believe that a righteous person will be more tough on their self and soft on others. But a self-righteous person will be softer on their self and more tough on others. It took me a while to learn that, but when I finally got in my 30s, I'm 35 now, when I finally got in my 30s, I began to realize why that even Yeshua himself did not begin his ministry until he was 30 years old and after he was baptized and fulfilled that part of righteousness. I grew up around a lot of what was called tell it like it is preaching. And I feel like sometimes you can take the man out of the denomination, but it's hard to take the denomination out of the man. I don't agree with most of what I was taught growing up in church. I'm thankful for the parts that I do agree with. But um, I don't really believe in that kind of preaching. Um, I'm embarrassed about some of the early sermons that I taught early on in my, in my ministry because I felt like um, I used the word as a hammer rather than letting my speech be with grace and seasoned with salt and realized that... Uh, that I myself am a sinner in need of daily mercy from Yahweh every day. So when I say that I'm going to be stricter in my teaching on the men, it's not because I'm here to use the Bible as a hammer. There was a time when I was on fire and I had a love for the Word that I thought I knew, but I didn't really understand. And I used it as a weapon. And I didn't have any grace or love for those that I ministered to and that were struggling. And then one day in my own life, I had struggles of my own that I couldn't hide. And Yahweh showed me that uh, um, I'm a fellow laborer. I'm a co-laborer. And, uh, and I'm to speak and to preach with gentleness and with reverence and to love the people that I minister to. And so I'm not here to bash all the brothers, but the reason I, I feel like I need to be stricter is because I'm a brother. I'm a husband. Stricter on myself, tougher on myself, softer on others. Um, I see all my sins. Nobody in here knows me the way that I know me. Nobody in here knows you the way that you know you. I'm not talking about the me at church 
Anybody can put on a facade when they come to church. Anybody can look holy when they come to church. Anybody can make you think that they're a sanctified person when they come to church or if you only see them here and there. But it's when you spend multitudes and ample amounts of time with a person that you begin to see their faults and their sins and their struggles. And then that's when Yahweh is testing you to see whether or not you're going to have a love for that brother that you now know deeper and more intimately with more knowledge than you did when you didn't really, really know him. I can speak like this about Brother Randy. I've worked with Brother Randy for about 14 years. I know Brother Randy more than anybody else in here besides Sister Rhonda. I know the ins and outs of what he thinks about because I'm with him five or six days a week, eight to ten hours a day. I know that man, and likewise he knows me. The closer we've gotten to each other as brothers in the faith, the more we see each other's sins and the more love then we have to show for one another. And that's how it is in the body of Christ. So I come to you today as in the sense of the word pastor, which literally means shepherd. There's a place in the book of Ephesians where it mentions pastors, and the Greek word is the same identical word that is used for a shepherd of physical sheep. And the shepherd of physical sheep looks out for the sheep. And today, brothers, men, I'm looking out for you. And not just for the men that are already married, but for the men who may one day get married. Don't think, just like with the sisters, don't think, well, I don't have to listen to this sermon because I'm not married or I'm single. In both sermons, it's good to have biblical knowledge to start with. And number two, one day, if you're not married now, you may be. And you'll be thankful that you listened, you took notes, and you studied the Bible to see how Yahweh would want you to act in your marriage. But I'm a brother, and I'm a husband, and I see all my sins, and I find so many new faults in myself all the time. And so that leads me to work on my role as a husband all the time. And we're going to see, according to the Apostle, we're going to see how important it is for us husbands to fulfill our role in the marriage. It's very important. Always remember that we're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That foundation's already been laid. And Yeshua is the chief cornerstone of that of the building. And so when you read the words of the apostles, like Peter and Paul, when you're reading their words, realize that Yahweh was moving upon them to write instructions, just like he moved upon the prophets. So don't take it lightly. Don't take 1 Peter 3 lightly, men. I can only immediately control how I live. And you know what, brothers? You can only immediately control how you live. So why is it that we are more concerned with what everyone else is doing around us? Why do people constantly talk about how others should be living instead of focusing more on how we are living? If I really believe that I lead others by my example, then it only makes sense to work most on my life. And the same goes for you. So that translates over to our role as husbands, men. If we want to see our wife become more sanctified towards Yahweh, then it really does begin with us. It does. We like to think of ourselves as head or leader of the home, but with that role comes a great responsibility. Anytime you're a leader, 
there's a great responsibility. A friend of mine posted a picture on Facebook about what a true leader is. And the first picture, I don't have any slides tonight to show, but the first picture was a man that's sitting on a throne with a whip and he's telling all the people down below him to pull, pull stronger and pull harder. They've got this rope attached to this big, huge, gigantic brick. And it says this is some people's mindset of what a leader is. And then the next picture shows the leader off of the throne down in front of the rope, pulling, looking back and telling everybody, we can do it, come on. That's what a true leader is. A leader leads by setting an example and showing people that they love them and and leading them like a shepherd. So if we want to think of ourselves, men, as as the head or the leader of the home, we have a, a great responsibility. We are to lead first and foremost not by carrying around a mean look or a loud voice, but by being an example to our wife and to our children and how they ought to be. I say often to men that I counsel and speak to, if we have sons, one day our sons are going to grow up and most likely they're going to treat their future wife like you treat your wife, most likely. I'm not saying things, generational curses cannot be broken. I believe that they can, Ezekiel 18. I believe that the son does not have to follow in the wickedness of his father. But most likely they're going to follow an example and a pattern unless something is broken, unless something evil is is broken and wicked is broken. Every day I wake up and I think about loving my wife, Tisha. I've been married going on 19 years now. And she always lays there beside me when I wake up in the morning for work during the week. And in my mind I say, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her that He might sanctify and cleanse her. That verse is in Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. And that verse teaches me that it's my job to sanctify and to cleanse my wife. That's my job. I'm supposed to be living and loving her in such a way that she becomes more and more holy to Yahweh by watching me, by me setting an example. Just like Christ gave Himself for the church that He might what? Sanctify and cleanse her. Every day I think that, brothers, yet, totally transparent here, yet there has never been one day that I have fully loved my wife like Christ loved the church. I have tried, I have put forth the effort, but at the end of each day, if I evaluate my actions in honesty, I fail at that. And it drives me to have faith in the Messiah Because I need His righteousness. And each time I fail, I'm driven to ask Yahweh to forgive me and put my trust in the Messiah as the perfect Lamb of Yahweh, unblemished Lamb of Yahweh. And I'm also driven to stay in the race and try another day to fulfill my duty as a husband. Listen, brothers and sisters, when we wake up and we have in our mind to obey the commandments, whatever commandment it may be, in this case, love your wife, husbands, and you fail that day, don't wake up the next day thinking that it's over with. Get back in the race. Continue to run. What does uh, Proverbs say that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. He gets back up. It's okay. Listen, you're human. I'm human. That's why we need a Savior. Because we're sinners in need of a Savior. So if you fail at a commandment, don't give up. Don't give up. Put yourself back in the race. and Say, Yahweh, I'm here again. Dust yourself off. I'm here again, Father. I'm striving again. 
So we want to look today at what Peter says to us after he instructs the women in his epistle. And he begins by telling us, husbands, in the same way, live with your wives understanding their weaker nature. In the same way here means that just like they are to fulfill their role, we are called to equally, in the same way, fulfill our role. We should not harp on our wives about them not fulfilling their role. We should use that energy to meditate more about how we can fulfill our own role in the marriage. Remember, tougher on yourself, softer on your wife. What does it mean to live with our wives with an understanding of her weaker nature? After a lot of meditating on this over the years and recently, I think that weaker here refers to just being a female, being feminine. I don't apologize for still thinking, even in our modern day society, that men should be masculine and women should be feminine. Now, I'm not saying that a woman can't go fishing or that she can't help out with things that a man does. And I'm not saying a man can't help out with things that a woman does. I'm just saying there needs to be a difference of masculinity and femininity. Men were not created to be feminine and dainty. Women were not created to be masculine. There has to be a difference there. Women, in general, have a weaker nature or they are a weaker vessel in that regard. And we're supposed to live with our wives understanding that they are feminine, that they're precious, that they're pricely, that they're costly. We're supposed to take care of her and watch out for her and not make her do things that were meant for us to do, that Yahweh called us to do as men. Again, this is all showing the difference in the proper roles that men and women have. My wife was not created by Yahweh to work in the same way that I am called to work. You read the cursings in Genesis 3. The main curse that Yahweh places on the woman is pain and childbearing, and she's up under the rulership of her husband. But the curse that Yahweh places on the man is what? Work. Sweat. Thorns and thistles, the ground yields unto you. It doesn't say that for the woman. My wife's not meant. She wasn't created to work like I work. Now, she works, she does stuff, but not like me. I'm the masculine part in the home. I'm supposed to take that manly role. That's not for me to switch with my wife. Husbands, we should view our wives as precious, delicate creations of Yahweh. The best blessing Yahweh has given me, apart from a new heart, is my wife. I know Yahweh must love me. But one of the reasons I know it is because of how good of a wife that he gave me. It's not so much about me, but I know he must love me when I see how good of a woman that Yahweh blessed me with. I don't understand it sometimes how I ended up with her, but I did and I'm thankful. Very, very thankful. I want you to think, brothers, I want you to think of the phrase, handle with care. Handle with care. Fragile. Printed on the outside of a box that has something delicate in it. If you have two boxes, one of them has blue jeans in it and the other one has costly porcelain dishes that were handed down from great-grandmother in it. That one's going to have handle with care, fragile. The blue jean box, you know, you just throw around. It might have wrinkles and smashes all over the box. Well, if I'm packing and I'm loading everything in a truck, I may take the box with the blue jeans in it and I may just throw it up into the truck and not really worry about where it got packed. But the porcelain, great-grandmother's porcelain, I would take extra special care for it. 
extra special care. I would handle it carefully. I'd make sure it didn't break. I'd want to put it somewhere where it wasn't going to break so that it would be safe. I'd take extra care of it. Well, brothers, me and you are the blue jeans and our wife is the porcelain. And that's just how Yahweh created it. And us husbands are to live with our wives understanding that they're the weaker vessel. They're the delicate vessel in the marriage. They're fragile because Yahweh created them to be that way. So don't get upset if your wife's fragile, if she's more emotional than you are, or if uh, she's delicate in certain ways that you're not. That's how Yahweh created her to be. She's a woman. She's not a man. I'm so thankful that Yahweh lets us men marry women. Praise the Father. Hallelujah. We should not talk to our wives like we talk to each other, men. We shouldn't place our wives in danger or in any situation that would cause them harm. They need to be handled gently, delicately, with the knowledge that they really are the weaker vessel in the marriage. This is why I think that the further back we go in our culture, in our culture in here, the further we go back, this truth is recognized, and it is a truth from the Bible. And what I mean is things like this. Things like opening the car door for a woman holding out their chair at the dinner table, not sitting down until they sit down, not speaking around them like we speak around a group of men. That, that's how things used to be in, in the culture. It seems like now that distinction is becoming obliterated, but this is how women used to be respected in, in these ways. And in some places, they still are today, and in some cases, but it's become rare. It's become rare. You don't often see a man holding his wife's hand as she walks up or down a set of steps or opening a, a woman's car door or making sure they hold the door open for a female in and out of a store or something like that. But those things should be done. That's recognizing specifically towards our wife. That's recognizing and honoring her weaker nature that Yahweh created her with. Also, men, if our wife is not acting like the weaker vessel in the home, it may just be that it's because we haven't been honoring her as the weaker vessel in the home. Remember, Ephesians chapter 5 teaches that we are responsible for sanctifying and cleansing our wives by the life and the love that we show to them, just like Christ did for the church. So brothers, let's not be soft on ourselves and tough on our wives. Righteous men are tough on themselves and soft and delicate with their wives. Peter goes on to say that we should honor our wives in verse 7 because they are co-heirs with us in the grace of life. You know, our wife is just as much a partaker in grace and salvation as we are. Just because we have different roles in the marriage doesn't mean that our wife plays second fiddle when it comes to salvation. As I mentioned in my last lesson, in Christ there is neither male nor female, Galatians 3, verse 28. Now that verse has nothing to do with obliterating our distinctions and our roles that we were created with, but it has to do with our inheritance among the saints. Yahweh counts a saved woman on an equal plane with a saved man. I mentioned this in the last sermon. It will do good to mention again. In Acts chapter 8, when Philip is baptizing the people there in Samaria, the Bible said that he baptized both men and women. And even when Yeshua, when he talked to Mary after his resurrection in John 20 and 17, he told Mary that Yahweh was her father and her mighty one. 
wasn't that Yahweh is just the mighty one and father of the men. Yahweh is the mighty one and the father, the loving father of also the women. That's what Yeshua told Mary. So our wives are heirs together with us, husbands. They're heirs together with us. They are just as much of a joint heir with the Messiah as we are. Just as much. And we should honor them as co-heirs of the grace of life. And Peter says that this is so important. Here's the important part right here. This is so important that if we do not do these things, our prayers will be hindered. Listen to 1 Peter 3, verse 7 again, but this time from the New Living Translation. It says this, quote, In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in Yahweh's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. End of quote. Once again, that's from the New Living Translation. I think the implication is very clear here, brothers. If we as husbands don't care for our wives, if we don't live with them understanding their weaker nature, if we don't honor them as co-heirs of the grace of life with the Messiah, our prayers will be hindered. Hindered means that there will be some kind of blockade or barrier between us when we go to talk to Yahweh. Now, I think, and I never saw this until today, and I could be wrong, I'm just a man, I try to relay the Bible the best that I know how, but I think that this verse is specifically talking about our prayers, men, and not the woman's prayers. As men, our role is to be the head of the home, speaking just as much to to me, brothers, as I am to you. We are to be the one in the home who covers our family with a covering of prayer. Like a big, beautiful spiritual umbrella. We're supposed to cover our family with prayer. And we are to be the ones who pray everywhere. 1 Timothy 2, 8, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. He said, I would that who? Men pray everywhere. And the next verse in 1 Timothy mentions the women. But when he talks about prayers, not that women can't pray, but men should be the leaders in the prayer. Covering their families with prayer. Man, listen, I am very convicted by that because, Brother Matthew, I fall short in that area. I do not pray like I should. I study the Bible a lot, a whole lot, but I don't pray like I should. So that verse really, Yahweh really whooped me today with that verse. And uh, I need to do more, more praying. And if I'm planning on doing more praying, that means I need to treat my wife uh, like the Bible says that I'm supposed to. So this shows just how serious these instructions from Peter are. They're not something to be shoved under the rug. We should not think, well, this is just elementary. We need to move on to something else. No, this is so important that if we don't follow Peter's instructions, our prayers will be hindered. It may be that some of our prayers that are not being answered is simply because we're not treating and caring for our wives like we should. That's one possibility. That's one thing we should think in our minds. We've been praying about this for so long. Why is our prayers not being answered? Maybe, maybe it's because of our relationship with our wife. Maybe there's a block there between us and Yahweh. It's not that Yahweh's hand is too short that he can't reach out and save. It's not that his ear is too dull that he can't hear. But it's our sins that have separated us from him. We've put a a blockade. Brother Jerry, you mentioned this in, in the beginning of testimony service that Yahweh, he does things. He does his part but He calls for us to do our part. 
Well, one of the parts that He calls for us to do in order for our prayers not to be hindered is to honor our wives as the weaker vessel and live with them in an understanding way and show honor to them as co-heirs of the grace of life so that our prayers will make it to His throne. Now, there's a couple of ways that that could be taken. It could be that when we're not fulfilling 1 Peter 3, verse 7, we may go to Yahweh in prayer, but He doesn't listen. Or it could be that when we're sinning against our wife, that our prayers are hindered in this way. We just don't pray. But either way, the only prayer that will help us, men, is a prayer of repentance. That's the only prayer from a sinner that Yahweh will not turn away. And that's a prayer where we ask Him to forgive us with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. We should get on our face in humility, ask Yahweh to forgive us, men, and seek to follow His revealed will in Scripture for us as husbands. Now, there are many ways that the enemy will try to enter into our minds, men, and make us not want to receive this instruction from Yahweh's blessed apostle, Apostle Peter. I've talked to a lot of men who say something like this, but Brother Matthew, you just don't realize my situation. If my wife would do her part, then I would do my part. Brothers, I've said the same thing, and that's a cop-out. That's somebody that doesn't want to be a leader. We're supposed to be the leaders in our home, brothers. We should not wait for our wife to take the initiative. We should do our part and lead the way. Get at the front of the rope and say, Come on, honey, we're going to do this together. Not by yourself, not by myself. We're going to do this together. Did Yeshua wait for us to do our part? No. He did His part first. Did the Messiah live and die for people who were walking in perfect obedience to Yahweh? Or did Christ die for us while we were yet sinners? I think we know the answer. Romans 5 makes it plain, and I'll be teaching on this soon, but it says that when we were helpless, and there's so much in that word, helpless, sinners, and enemies of Yahweh, the Messiah died for us. The Messiah took the initiative and did His part for us when we were not doing our part for Him. Christ loved the church when the church was not in love with Him. And He did this to sanctify and to cleanse her. And how are us husbands to love our wives? As Christ loved the church. Our job as husbands is not to complain about our wives, brothers. Colossians 3.19 even says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Some translations say, Do not become bitter at them. If we ever find ourselves in a situation at home where we're becoming bitter or angry at our wife, we should not start pointing our finger at her. We should instead take a step back, take a deep breath. Brothers, count to ten if you need to count to ten. I do sometimes. And ask yourself, what is it that I have been doing wrong? How have I been neglecting my duty? What have I done to cause this to happen? Have I not been gentle enough? Have I not shown enough love? Have I not given enough honor? How am I being impatient? And listen, husbands, I guarantee you, if we humble ourselves and we ask these questions in humility with a broken heart and a contrite spirit to Yahweh, we will always, always find an area where we can improve. 
There will never be a time that you ask that question that you cannot buckle up another notch. There will always be something that you can improve upon. And so find that. And our concern should be first with what we are doing or with what we aren't doing. We will lead the way best when we lead by example. Yes. Men were created to be the Lord of their home. But Lord does not mean that we pounce on our wife. Lord doesn't mean we act like a drill sergeant towards our wife. Leaders lead by example. The best leaders are the ones who serve. A leader shows those he leads how things are done. As Yeshua said to His disciples when they were arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. I'm going to be the greatest. No, I'm going to sit here. No, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to, no, I'm going to sit there. You get out of my way. Yeshua said, listen, we don't do things like the heathens do. It's not that way with us. The greatest among you will be the one who serves. Even as the Messiah came, not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. The greatest leaders are the ones who serve. The leaders that people want to follow are the leaders that serve. I don't know about you, but I don't want to follow a leader that barks orders and acts like a drill sergeant at me. If I attended a church and the preacher started to do that, I would get up and I would walk out. Because I guarantee you, he deals with the same problems that I deal with in the pew. So I'm not here to bark orders at anybody. That's not my job. That's not my job. And I'm thankful Yahweh has showed me that. I'm here to grow and to learn with you brothers. Everything I've said to you brothers tonight, I've already preached it to myself two or three times going over this sermon. I already have. And I've seen my faults and I've seen my shortcomings and I've seen my sins. So we're in this thing together. I'm saying, come on brothers, let's do it together. Brother Matthew's failing just like you. Let's do this together. Let's get in this race. Let's love our wives as Christ loved the church. So fellow husband, if you ever wonder how you should act in any given situation in your home, look to Yeshua. Look to His love that He had for us. Look to His compassion for sinners. Remember, I've talked with a few people in here about this. Remember that Yeshua gave His harshest rebukes to the people that everybody thought were the most spiritual. It is the truth. John the Baptist, he didn't rebuke the tax collectors and the prostitutes. They came willingly. They know they needed to be cleansed. He rebuked the Pharisees, the ones that thought they did not need any baptism of John. The ones that thought, if you looked at them, you'd think they're the most righteous. Religious people are the ones that murdered Yeshua. wasn't the sinners. wasn't the lost sinners. It was the religious people, the people who claimed to have a relationship with the Creator, the people who thought they were doing God a service by crucifying the Messiah. Yeshua saved His harshest rebukes for people that you would think would be the most spiritual people. But the people that would come willingly and said, Lord, use me. Break me, mold me, and shape me. I need your help. He would never give them a harsh rebuke. He'd pat them on the back and say, Come in, my child. Come in, I love you. I, I, can, use, I can use somebody like you. Somebody that admits they're a sinner. I can, the gospel's for you. I can change you. Oh, hallelujah. Yahweh is so compassionate and so merciful upon us when we come to Him broken and contrite. When it's not about us anymore, right. but it's about, Father, I admit my sins. 
David said, if, if Yahweh kept track of our sins, who could stand? That's rhetorical. It's, the answer is nobody. Not a person in here could stand if Yahweh kept track of our sins. But praise Yahweh. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. And He's not repaid us according to our offenses. Psalm 103. If there was only one commandment, if the only commandment was love your wife as Christ loved the church, I would still be a sinner headed to hell if not for the mercies of Yahweh. If that was the only commandment that there was. If we ever wonder, husbands, how we should act, look to the Messiah. Look how He led by example. He served others. Let Him lead you. Brothers, remember, let's don't get the big head. Us men are the head of our wives. But do you know we have a head? It's the Messiah. The Messiah is the head of every man. And so we have a rulership over us too. And let's get up under His headship, men. If we want to be treated like a king and a lord, then we must begin by treating our wife like a queen. And I guarantee you, men, if we make a practice, and when I say practice, I mean a habit. Not Once again, just like I told the women, these principles are not something us men take home and do two or three days and we get upset if we don't see results in two or three days. This is a lifestyle. If we make a practice or a habit of these principles, men, our wives won't be able to do anything but treat us as the King and the Lord of the home. She'll want to treat you as Lord. She'll want to call you Lord. May that be true in all of our lives. And may Yahweh help all of us, both women and men. Let's stand and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I love You. I thank You. I appreciate You. Father Yahweh, I pray that the biblical instructions would stick with me and with my brothers here today. Um, Forgive us for where we have failed. And thank You for Your mercy. And help us, Father Yahweh, every day. Don't let us ever give up. But help us to to help us to be that that servant leader in our home. I pray that Father Yahweh, you would grow up all of the men in here, and we would lead in prayer, we would lead in fasting, we would lead in reading, we would lead in study, we would lead in singing, and our wives would see our example and think, what has got into him? May that be true in our all of our lives including my own. Yahweh, Father, I know as I preach the law here tonight, I know it's it's strict and it's straight. And, and Father, that's what it's supposed to do, though. It's supposed to cut. The letter killeth. Father, Yahweh, I pray that we would all let it wound us so that we, be, we could be healed with that soothing balm of Gilead, the balm of the gospel, be forgiven for our sins and continue in the race. I love you, Yahweh, and I love your son, Yeshua. It's through him I pray.